Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. So James, today we're going to talk about a question that we both hear often. Should I pay down my debt or invest? Well, Scott, it's a good question. I think it's like many questions. The answer is going to be it depends. But what I think we want to do is focus on what does it depend on? And we're going to kind of address this from a few different standpoints. And I think the first thing you need to look at is what type of debt is this? Okay. Is this credit card debt? Is this a student loan? Is this a mortgage? Is this a car loan? And what you're going to find is these different debts typically have very different interest rates. Mm -hmm. You might have a student loan where you're paying four or five, 6% interest. That's going to be wildly different than a credit card where you're paying 16, 17, 18% interest. Why does that make it different when I'm thinking about paying down my debt or just investing? Well, think of it this way. Say you want to invest. And let's say you want to invest in you know stocks, mutual funds, whatever it may be. As an investor, you can maybe expect to get a rate of return of you know eight, nine, ten percent long term on that money that you invest. Now, what makes sense about investing money to get an eight percent rate of return when you're paying the bank eighteen percent? rate of return every single month on your credit card payments. Okay, I, I get that now. So I need to look at what I'm going to pay to pay down my debt versus what I can earn by putting money to work for me. So basically what you're saying is when I get to go invest, I either I can either invest and earn money and I'm going to earn some type of a percentage mm-hmm. or I can owe money people and I'm going to pay some type of a percentage. Exactly. And if I'm in Owing money at a lower rate, that might be okay. But if I'm owing it at a higher rate, I might want to go pay that off sooner rather than later. Exactly. Exactly. If you're going to invest instead of paying down debt, you want to ensure that there is extra return that you're going to get for doing that. You want to make sure that you can invest and earn a rate of return that's higher than whatever you're paying on your debt, if that makes sense. Sure. Okay, cool. So, you know, to think about it practically, credit cards, if you have credit card debt, it almost always makes sense to pay that credit card off before investing. Okay. If you have a student loan or a car loan, that's where you could really make an argument for, okay, if, if, if you're paying a low interest rate on this, two, three, four, five percent, mm-hmm. and you can invest and get a much better interest rate or rate of return long term, that's where you might want to consider investing. Got it. Okay. And so you're saying the first step is for everyone to get together, like write down all of their debts. Yes. It's a very simple exercise, really. All you're doing is you're, you're doing this. You're saying, look, what, what are the debts I owe? Okay. Mm-hmm. Write, write them out. Write a list of what types of debt you have. Maybe it's a car loan and a student loan. Uh, maybe it's a credit card. So just literally list out these debts. Next, you're going to say, what's the interest rate on each of these debts? Okay. And just right next to it. Where am I going to find that? You're going to find that either on a statement. You're going to find that uh, if you can't find it on a, a credit card statement or a student loan statement, you know, call the company. Um, it's something that should be readily available either through logging on to, to access the site, but you can find 
the interest rate for this. And once you have it, itemize it or write that down next to the itemized debts. And practically speaking, you know, a good rule of thumb might be if, if you have interest that's above five or 6%, you're probably going to want to consider paying that off before investing. Okay. Now that number is going to be slightly different for some people, but if it's something less than five or 6%, that's where you can make a pretty strong case for investing before paying off debt. Cool. What are your thoughts on that? Agree? Disagree? No, I largely agree with what you're saying. Um, and in all actuality, I think you've done a really good job surmising the first thing people need to do when they look at do they pay down debt or do they invest. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. I think the next thing they, that I would look at with the client if they were coming to me and looking for this is, well, what's what's your cash flow actually look like? And what I mean by that is, do you have extra money left over at the end of every month? If someone walks in and they're actually increasing their debt right now because mm-hmm. they're spending more than they make, well, right. we have to have a really serious conversation really fast. If they have extra money left over, then I think it goes back to the conversation that you've already um, kind of wrapped up really well, which is basically, well, what do you owe and how does it look Mm -hmm. compared to what our options are? Right. Um, The the piece that I think people don't – it's easy to to see interest rates on credit and want to go pay them down and want to go pay down things so you don't owe other people things. Um, And that makes a ton of sense. And the thing that people often don't understand is how beneficial saving early can be for you. Right, right. right. So, so, and I, I, I was actually just um, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was up at um, Camp Pendleton just uh, donating services to Marines. And we were looking at the power of saving for them. And the example that we give is you have a young Marine who saves $100 a month for 10 years, and then he stops saving. Mm-hmm. He's going to work a 40-year career. The next 30 years, he doesn't save anything, mm-hmm. right? And the other Marine doesn't save for the first 10 years, and then he starts saving $100 a month for the next 30 years. So Marine 1 saves twelve grand over the first 10 years of his career. Marine 2 saves $36,000 over the back 30 years of his career. Hmm. Who has more money in the end if they get the same 8% rate of return? Well, I mean, you look at it and you got to assume the person who saved three times as much. That's always what we think, right? But the time value of money, meaning how long the money's working for you, mm-hmm. that interest rate is earning money for you, that's what wins. So the guy who put away the, the first 10 years, the $12,000, he ends up with $200,000. The Marine two who put away his money for the last 30 years, he gets $150,000. Wow. So this guy who's saving one-third the amount of guy number two actually ends up with a whole lot more money simply because he started earlier. Absolutely. And that's why this whole notion of like pay down debt first or go invest, like no, like find ways to go invest and pay down your mm. debt at the same time. Mm. That's normally what you're going to hear from an advisor unless you have egregious amounts of debt. Right. Right. So what you're saying, it is so valuable to have those first dollars in the market, or not even the first dollars, but just any dollars in the market for yes. extended periods of time. That's what's ultimately going to result in success, not necessarily how much you can save, but the, the sooner you can start saving is what's ultimately going to, to do that for you. Time in the market is the number one way to build wealth. Got and it. And that's exactly what this example shows. Got it. So your point here being, if you can afford it, you know, if you're not drowning in debt, 
get as much as you possibly can into an investment account simply because it's going to grow so much for you over time. Absolutely. Perfect. So let's, let's assume people do that, Scott. Okay, you know, I, I, I love the example. I'm now starting early. I'm going to start putting money in the market. What's the typical first place I should look when it comes to making that decision? Yeah, first place is to go put your money. Um, if your company has, if you work, if, if you're a salaried employee and you have a 401k, go see if they offer a 401k with a match. And if they do, if you put away 3% and they offer a 1% match on the first 3%, you just gave yourself a 3% raise. You're not going to see it right now, but your 65-year-old self is going to thank you mm. a lot because mm. now you've just bumped up that savings factor so much more. Go look at that first. Uh, and then also if more and more corporations have um, – insurance plans with HSA accounts, health savings accounts. Health savings accounts, okay. And a lot of people don't still don't get yet that a health savings account is something that you can invest in and you don't have to use that money every year. So right. if you don't have big medical expenses when you're young, you can be saving to a health savings account and letting it grow and using it in the future. It's probably warrants its own answer to a question for us in the future, actually. I was just going to say, you know, I think we could do a whole episode on HSA accounts, health savings accounts. So we could do a whole episode on 401k accounts. But your point being the first place you should look, assuming you're going to make the decision to invest, is those places where there's there's a match or there's additional funds going in, not just what you're putting in. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Well, I think, you know, as we're talking about the Scott – all very valid points. One thing that I can't help but to ignore is almost the emotional side of this. You know, we've talked about the points of, you know, look at the interest rate, look at the payments, look at the free money. And that's all very rational and very, very valid points. But I want to talk about almost the, I'll call it the emotional or behavioral side. And I'll use an analogy to explain what I mean. Don't use an analogy. Use an example. I want to know, like, because I'm with you. And I think like we're just we're giving people the answers that we would normally give clients. Yeah. yeah. But like when you graduated from college, did you have any debt? I did. What'd I did. What did you do? This is what I did. I, I graduated college with about seventeen thousand dollars of student loan debt. Okay. And to me, I didn't want to think about trying to pay off some of that debt and try to invest a little bit and try to save a little bit and try to. Sp- it, it was too much. Uh, my personality type is the type that likes to get things done. Yeah. Okay. I'm incentivized by making progress. I uh-huh. want to. I wanted to see that debt gone as soon as possible. To me, the interest rate was irrelevant. Okay. If it was a 0% interest rate. Well, okay. Can I ask what your interest rate was? The I, I think it ranged between four and a half and 6%. All right. You know, it was two, three different student loans, but not, not terrible interest rates. But to me, it was the, whatever you want to call it, the behavioral side. The, I, I needed that momentum. I wanted to see that thing getting paid down. Yeah. So I spent the first 10, 11 months after college literally almost doing nothing besides paying that loan down. And when I paid it off 11 months later, oh my gosh, I mean, the momentum I had was incredible. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How did it feel to pay off your debt? Oh, incredible. And what did you do with that extra money once you'd paid it down? Well, I, I gave myself a little bit of a, a raise. You know, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I didn't do a whole lot of you know, fun things right out of college. I was so focused on getting that thing paid down. But because I saw the progress and I felt the sense of momentum and I felt excited about accomplishing something, I took that momentum into investing. Yeah. I said, okay, now let me focus on my Roth IRA or my 401k or building up savings accounts. But if I was, you know, it, my personality, if I was still paying on that, I wouldn't be that excited. I'd say, this thing's never going to get paid off. What am I doing here? I want to see things done and continue to incentivize myself 
with progress. Yeah. Now, I know you've got different thoughts on this. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so I'm – well, I'm always – thinking about what's the best way to do it from the planner perspective. So I have been paying down student loan debt for a very long time Mm -hmm. at a 3% interest rate. And I just don't care. I kind of view it as like free money in a sense. And it doesn't bother me to have that little bit of debt. And I've used the extra cash flow. When you went and paid down yours quickly, I used it to save for buying a house. I've used it for retirement. Mm -hmm. I've used it for needing to buy a car. I've used it for when we've had new, new kids, you know, New kids. Kids always come to you new. Uh, <laughs> but kids. just for li- to live life, right? Like, like that's what I've always used it for. So I've, I've never, so beha- but behaviorally, I totally get where you're coming at. And I think that's honestly why part of the answer comes back to it depends. Right. Um, there is always an optimal answer in finance, but we forget that money's emotional. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you need to align your money with your life. And you need to figure out what the right solution is for you. Exactly. I think the biggest takeaway, though, is once you know, like you decided that you were going to go pay that down and you were going to go attack it. And so you did. Mm -hmm. And I decided I was going to keep paying it down over a long period of time and put that money elsewhere mindfully. And I have. I think the biggest key is have a plan and do it. And But not only have a plan, but once you have a plan, set yourself up. So it's automated, so you don't have to think about mm-hmm. it, right? Because mm-hmm. that, that's honestly what leads to the biggest amount of change and gets over the behavioral issues that we're kind of talking about. Absolutely. And I like what you said. You have to align your money with, with your values or with your life. And to me, one of my personal values is, is progress and, and, and feeling like I'm making progress, whether it's financially or uh, you know, mentally or spiritually or whatever it is. I just want to see progress in my yeah. life. And so to see that progress, okay, financially, it's not just the student loan balance that's hanging over me. It's being chipped away pretty aggressively. That aligned with my values. Now, for you, now we all have multiple values, but it sounds like your value may be, I'm going to do the rational, intelligent thing with my money. Yeah, mine was to grow my wealth as quickly as possible. Exactly. So I'll take a 3% interest rate from the government. Thank you very much. And, and I'll go do something else with my money. Use it to buy home. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that's, but that's such an important point that you do have to understand yourself before making some of these decisions. Absolutely. Now, one more thing I want to add, Scott, is when you are talking about the decision to invest or pay down debt, in line with the behavioral side of things, if you would consider yourself a pretty conservative person or pretty conservative investor, yeah, meaning you don't want to take a whole lot of risk in the market. Yeah. Well, what depends. Define, okay, so if you're a young person coming to me and asking what I should do with my money and you're going to go put in a 401k account and you still want to be conservative, I'm probably going to, I'm going to try to educate you really quickly. Right, right, right. Because you should just be putting money in to like basically hit full throttle because you're not going to touch it for 40 years. Exactly. And just let it go grow. Exactly. Exactly. And and I completely agree with you, again, on that, the the rational side of things. Completely understand that. Sure. What I'm saying is some people, despite knowing that it's natural for the market to go up and go down, they just quite simply can't stomach a 20%, 30% decline in their investment account. That's exactly what I'm getting to, though, James, is like the the thing that we need to help them understand is that the one that basically when that money goes down, especially if they're buying into it every day, what just happened? Like Amazon went on sale, right? It's like Amazon Prime Day, but for the markets. Like exactly. go be excited if you're the under the age of 45 and Completely markets agree. crash. Completely agree. Like, 
that's an amazing thing. It's for a you. great opportunity. Go buy more. And, and I mean, and that's the interesting thing about this is when anything else goes on sale in our lives, we we celebrate. You know, we jump up and down, we go buy it. Yeah. When it's our investments that go on sale, we have the complete opposite reaction. Yeah. But the other way that you get past it that you're also worrying about is the other, and we didn't really touch on it today, but it's basically like, okay, how much do you have sitting on the sidelines for if life blows up, which can be another question mm-hmm. we can do another time. How much of an emergency fund should you exactly. have? Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm sure we both have different thoughts on it. Completely agree. (laughs) Exactly. But I think at the end of the day, it comes back to, it depends. It comes back to know yourself. And given those details, do you mind kind of summarizing yeah, let's what do that. So, focus so on? overall, you want to answer for yourself, should you invest first or pay down debt? Um, the things you need to look at first are make a list of all of your debts, know your interest rates, mm-hmm. know your minimum payments, right? right. And, and see what you actually have there. Know your cash flow. And if you have extra cash at the end of the month, you can make the choice of do I invest this or do I go pay down more of my debt? And then understand where you could potentially go put money to help you increase return and salary quickly, like HSA accounts where companies give you extra cash or a match to a 401k, and then think through the behavioral aspects for yourself. Exactly. And so for that, we're actually going to, on this episode, we're going to give you a downloadable that'll be linked um, so you can actually get a grid to go put down your debts. And it'll also give you that example of the uh the two marines and who makes more money because that's a that's a tough concept to understand but investing more today will help you get where you want to go faster so long as you don't have excessive debt (laughs) awesome thank you scott thank you man thank you for listening to episode number two of the real personal finance podcast for all the resources, links, and show notes, you can go to the Real Personal Finance webpage. The web address for that is going to be realpersonalfinance.co forward slash two. Again, that's realpersonalfinance.co forward slash two, just the number two. If you're enjoying our podcast, please feel free to subscribe so that you can be the first to be notified as new podcast episodes are released. We do this on a weekly basis. And if you have a question that you'd like to be answered, please feel free to go to our website and submit that question. There's a web page or a web box there where you can do so, and we will answer it for you on a future episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.